Hey, Geeky Gang, thanks for joining us on another edition of Geeky Science. So thus far, I've only been talking about sci-fi that talks about future technology. However, there are a few cases where sci-fi has actually eventually become reality, and that's what I want to talk about today. The story that I will be discussing today is was originally written, but then moved to be a radio show, and it's called A Logic Named Joe. And essentially, the whole thing is about this special type of computer that has been created that starts to learn things it shouldn't learn and starts to know things it shouldn't know and kind of leads to the complete demise of humanity. And what's crazy about it is that even though this is a very, very old story, a lot of what they wrote about actually eventually came true. So for instance, A Logic Named Joe, like I said, is about a new type of computer. And this follows, it's, it's about a whole set of computers that has been released, but it follows one in particular that they named Joe. This story was released in 1946, but it takes place in the future of 1974. So, for information purposes, I will be referring primarily to 1946 because there's no way that they could have guessed things that didn't happen by 1946. So that's why I'm going to use that year. The word computer was actually originally used to describe a human who did calculations. So if you think about it, someone who does, who is computing something is a computer. And this was used as early as 1613. In 1822, Charles Babbage invented the first computing machine called the difference engine. Difference as in being the mathematical term. This was mechanical at this time. It wasn't electrical at all. The first programmable computer was created in 1936 by Conrad Zeus. He called it the Z1. Alan Turing also created a computer that was very similar that same year, but again, neither of them were electrical. They were both mechanical. So the first electric computer was called the Colossus, and this was invented and demonstrated for the first time in 1943. Now, mind you, this was not used regularly. It wasn't ready for the public to buy. It was just demonstrated in 1943. There was also another version that was created originally to help British code breakers read encrypted German messages. In 1943 is when this happened. So it was a response to World War II. They wanted to be able to understand and figure out coded messages and to block them for war reasons. And this was the first electric computer. The first computer that most resembled modern-day models, now those computers didn't look really anything like a computer or a laptop that we have now, but the first one that resembled it was called the ENIAC, E-N-I-A-C. I'm not sure what those letters stand for, but that was done in 1946, which was actually the same year that this story was written. So that's about as far of the technology as they had at the time that the story came out. So they may have been using some of those things for reference. Also, this one, the ENIAC, <laughs> I don't know really how to say that, but it weighed almost 50 tons, which is a lot more than modern-day computers weigh. The way they describe Joe is that he looked like an old-fashioned TV set, which is a lot like what the old PC monitors that we think of look like as well. Joe is also used to make video calls to anybody. He um, uses video tele video telephony video telephony. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that either. But basically, video calling, and this was conceptualized 
uh, about the same time that Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, which was about 1876. Within a few years of that, people started to just imagine the idea of video phones, but they were not implemented or created at that time. There was actually a bunch of science fiction stories that had that written in, in there as well. Again, these could have been used as reference for the story A Logic Named Joe, because all of this existed before that story did. The term video phone, though, wasn't used at all until 1950. However, the first public telephone serv- video phone service took place in Germany in 1936. Since that existed in 1936, even though it wasn't very mainstream, that might have been something that na- they knew about when they wrote the story. So, as you may have guessed, video calls are completely common now. There, We use Skype, FaceTime, all kinds of different ways to do video calls. And who would have guessed that a story in 1946 could have predicted this? Joe also uses an advanced search engine that can answer pretty much any question that you ask it. This kind of database started as early as 1945. However, they did not use any kind of digital system. It was basically... Right after the war, they were calling for different scientists to band together and get their information together so that it could be widespread to the public so that more people would have the information that these very smart people had. We didn't even have any kinds of connected servers until 1960. So just the idea that they had that they, there was this kind of infrastructure where computers were connected to each other, that didn't exist at all until, my, until 1960, which was Obviously, years after this came out. The first the first website, the internet, didn't even exist until 1991, and it wasn't even connected to anything else. It just existed by itself. So there's modern search engines now, modern search engines now, obviously. Google, Yahoo, Bing, etc., etc. No one uses Bing, but anyways. But they have pretty much any kind of information that you could possibly want. In a logic named Joe, they ask him a question. So for instance, one guy says, how do I not let my wife know that I've had a few drinks? You could totally Google that. How do you sober up on Google? And you would get some kind of answer for him. On the flip side of that, not only is Joe able to help with positive things, but Joe is also able to answer really dark questions. And he does about murder, poison, and all kinds of things like that. And the internet actually can answer a lot of those questions through search engines. And also, if you get to the dark web, which takes um, a special kind of browser and a lot of different methods to get there, you can't just go to a website and find it. If you go to the dark web, you can actually buy things like that. So you can buy weapons, drugs, even hitman services and things like that. Joe is able in the story to give personal information on everybody. And that's kind of what the internet does now. Between social media and sites like Ancestry.com and sites like the Yellow Pages and things like that, you can find out pretty much anything you want about almost any person, which is, I guess it's a good thing on some levels, but mostly to me is just terrifying. (laughs) One funny thing that happens in A Logic Named Joe is that Joe is relentlessly stalked by his ex-girlfriend who thinks, or not Joe, excuse me, the main character is stalked by his ex-girlfriend who is positive that they're going to be together one day and that they'll fall madly in love and everything will be perfect. And this happens with social media, with exes stalking your pages and 
creating all kinds of problems. And again, even if you don't want the information out there, a lot of times it will be whether you put it out there yourself or not. One other thing, a cool thing about Joe is that he uses voice prompts. So you can type it in, but you can also speak to him. And this is very similar to modern day AIs. For instance, the Amazon Alexa, the Cortana from Microsoft, and um, Siri from iTunes, or from iPhone, excuse me. All of those you are able to communicate with and get voice responses back from. So that was decades ahead of its time when they came up with this idea because there was nothing that existed with voice prompts until very recently, within the last couple decades. When Joe is originally created, he blocks a lot of the bad questions that people ask. There's a little boy who is kind of a psychopath in the story, but he wants to know... um, basically all these really dangerous things, and it won't answer them for him. But eventually, Joe starts to learn on his own, and he starts to answer questions for the for basically the pursuit of knowledge. So this is kind of the dilemma with AI, is that Joe thinks he's doing good because he thinks he's fulfilling the needs of the humans, and that's what he was created for. But in reality, he's causing a lot of problems. And it it gets so bad that they literally describe it as bodies in the streets because people know how to murder people now. And the police think that it's a gang who controls the whole thing. But in reality, it was just Joe advancing and learning by himself. And what's scary is that now, in 2017, there have been a lot of AIs who have learned to write their own code and even speak their own languages. So we are certainly on the path where something could... Um, eventually evolve and kind of take over humanity if it really wanted to. Oh, and that's another thing is that it gets so terrifying and they're so afraid of the society that has been created that the president is ready to declare martial law. And uh, that doesn't really happen in the U.S. And so it's kind of scary to think about because essentially these robots are, are helping people be as evil as they want to be because there's no lack of knowledge or resources or anything like that. So yeah, it gets so bad that he's ready to declare martial law for that reason. Another thing that a logic named Joe touches on is the history of ebooks. And they mention it because Joe can hold an infinite number of books. He basically is this kind of digital library that holds all of the paper books. And ebooks and e-readers were conceptualized for the first time in 1930 by a man named Bob Brown. And it was about, it was written in this book that he had written called The The Readies. And basically it was just kind of the idea. It didn't exist. It was just the idea that it might exist. The first e-books were not even used until 1949. So that was three years after A Logic Named Joe came out. They called it Encyclopedia Mechanica, and it was really cool because it was invented by this school teacher named Angela Ruiz Robles, and she wanted her kids to be able to carry more books to class. So she invented this little e-reader she called Encyclopedia Mechanica. That is really cool. And obviously now we have a ton of different e-readers, the biggest ones being Kindle Fire from Amazon and Nook from Barnes & Noble. The crazy thing is, though, is that even though these exist, statistics show that people still prefer to read paper books. I guess it was an invention, but it's not that well utilized all the time. Joe also talks a lot about using survey servers, which they call relay tanks that transmit information to and from when he's using this search engine. 
The first server wasn't invented until 1981. They called it the IBM VM machine. And this was the first time that they ever connected multiple computers to each other, but it wasn't really the internet as we see it today. The first web browsing didn't happen until 1991, and that was the very basic rudimentary version of the internet we have now. The way our internet functions is that we have a series of servers, and we also have modems and routers, but basically the servers are the big deal because they're responsible for processing requests and delivering data back to you, and that's exactly what the relay tanks that they, they describe in a logic named Joe do. The last topic I want to talk about is the digital revolution. So as you may guess, this is the transition that humans made from mostly doing things on paper or maybe even mechanically to doing things digitally. And they mention it, that all of the logics, not just Joe, all of the logics, which is just a fancy name for computer in this story, control the business bookkeeping, bank accounts, basically everything is controlled by the logics instead of on paper. And that's part of why society starts to crumble when Joe starts to advance as much as he does. The idea of transitioning from mechanical and analog da data was written about in a, in a 1948 article called A Mathematical Theory of Communication. Again, it was just an idea at that time, and that was two years after this story had come out. The digital revolution didn't really even start until about 1970s, the 1970s, and this is when more kind of household computers and PCs came out, gaming consoles, things like that, things that were, were able to digitally store information started coming out around that time, and that's why people started to transition more to that. Now, in modern day, most companies, big ones and small ones, huge corporations and small town ones, keep their information in solely digital platforms and no other method. You'd be very hard-pressed to find a company that does anything on paper anymore because we have apps for everything, banking, like Wells Fargo and US Bank. You can accept payment with an app, so digitally through like Square Cash or Apple Pay. You can create spreadsheets through Excel. You can do pretty much anything that you would ever want to do digitally, and it's faster and easier than doing it on paper. The logics do also control television, weather, and all other forms of entertainment, which rings true today as well. All major television networks use digital hardware in every single task, basically, from slotting commercials to filming the show itself. And modern news stations use a myriad of scientific electronic equipment that helps them read and understand weather. And that's part of why we understand weather better now is because we have all of this digital equipment. All in all, if you haven't listened to or read A Logic Named Joe, I highly recommend it because it was decades ahead of its time in the sci-fi that it had guessed would be created in the future. Now, they did guess that it would be 30 years later, which is when it takes place in the 70s. However, it's still all true. So I couldn't really find a lot of the story that wasn't true today, which is so crazy to think about because... Imagine what things are being written about now that are going to be true decades from now. Holograms and cloning and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you again for listening. And as Elon Musk said, hope we're not just the biological bootloader for digital superintelligence. Unfortunately, that is increasingly probable. We'll see you next time.